you had all pros with your face pressed up against the glass just to catch a glimpse of this guy coming into your locker room, right? Yeah, he was, a living, he was a living legend at the time. Yeah, it's like, man, this is amazing. Every time I see Rodgers, Aaron, he reminds me, he's like, hey, remember when they took that sack away from him? Like, yep. Oh, oh, he, so, so Aaron is twisting a knife as well. As I was riding away the first time, my daughter yells out, Dad, don't fall off the horse. <laughs> Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian Fett, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. Today's episode is sponsored by Sonos Arc, the premium smart sound bar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for additional details about Sonos Arc later in today's show. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. But check this out. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get the show right away. Pat P, what are we going to cover on this episode? Yo, Mac, you know, we normally talk about pro football, sometimes college football, but we're going to be here today to talk about a little bit of our high school memories. And plus, we get to cover our, our second preseason game, which we're near the end of training camp and also preseason. And then we got an opportunity to welcome one of the greatest NFL pass rushers of all time and a one-time one Minnesota Viking, Jared Allen. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. First quarter of the show, we're jumping straight out the gate. You guys know how we do. We're going to chop it up. We're chopping it up. And this chopping up segment, like Pat P just gave you guys a little uh, uh, heads up in the intro, we're going to do something a little different. We're not going to talk professional football. We're not going to talk collegiate football. We're going back to our high school days. And the reason why we're doing this this upcoming week, I think Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken, my high school, MacArthur High School, will be playing against Pat P's high school, Ely High School. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's going down. It is going down. Who are you playing at? Maybe playing out there in Hollywood or they come down? I, I think, well, you know, we got the best stadium. You know what I mean? Our stadium is much better than what y'all got in Pumpin' Man, up, so. that stadium ain't better than the Patrick Peterson Stadium. Man. Oh, he hit me with the Patrick Peterson Stadium. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. It's a big deal. High school football is a big deal everywhere, but it's a, it's a big, big deal in the state of Florida. Um, this is a special week. You know what I mean? Like I said, our alma maters are going against each other. And Pat P, last week's episode with Pete Prisco, he brought back some fond memories of your high school days when you played against St. Thomas. And that game is on YouTube, so you can definitely <laughs> check out Pat P's uh, uh, production Was on I YouTube. Matt? Was I everywhere, like you said? You were everywhere. You did it all. <laughs> You was a one-man wrecking crew. You definitely, you did it all. 2007 It's still on YouTube. You know, Blanche Ely versus St. Thomas. Uh, oddly enough for, for your Ely Tigers, they're going to need you to be able to beat the Mustangs because they don't stand a chance this upcoming Thursday. Hey, man, what, what kind of drink do you like? Man? I, I like? I like Sprite, so, man, I, I put a case of Sprite on it. Sprite? Yeah, I like Ely. I don't drink, I don't drink soda. I do like water. So I get you a, I get you a case of water there. Put a case of water on it then. Yeah. Give me like? a case of water. I give you a case what, what of Sprite. What, what type of water do you like? You like balls? You get, yeah, yeah, give me the expensive kind. I like, you know, balls or smart water or something like that. Give me the expensive kind. I got to get. I got to call the guys. I got to give a pep talk because this is serious right here. This is bragging rights. <laughs> yes, so I'm going to give. I got to give a pep talk to the guys down the Mustang, man. Mustang, stand up. And for me, man, shout out to my boy Chase. Work for the uh, for the Cardinals, man. He used to get me a cranberry Sprite after every practice. So many, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, yeah. uh, 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 a cranberry. Yeah, yes, sir. A cranberry yeah. Sprite. Hey, man, my, hey, 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 Mac. After a long hot day of work, 
that cranberry Sprite hit the spot, man. When uh, did they start making a cranberry Sprite? And they got cranberry, they got Sprite remix, they got Sprite lemonade, got Sprite ginger ale. Now they got all type of Sprites now, man. What man, I ain't never heard of that. Hey, but, but Pat, you know what? We giving too much love to Sprite until they become a sponsor of the show. We gonna that's enough love for them. Let's come be a sponsor right. of our show. We gonna give y'all all the love you want. Right. But I never heard of that before. Oh, the game is uh is that is that McCarthy? Oh, is that McCarthy we're this week? Coming out there to take over the stadium, man. No, not happening. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Not happy. Pat P, what, what do you remember most about playing under the lights in high school? Man, the band, man. Ain't nothing like no band, <laughs> though. Hey, I'm telling you, man, because you remember, you know, growing up, you know, I used to, uh, you know, uh, stay at my grandma every now and then right there in Pine Tree and just, you can hear the band, just not only practicing, but just for them to walk the football team into the stadium. It was just mm-hmm. like that, man. Just like a Friday Them night. drums. Man, when they go to start playing that, my favorite song of all time, that ESPN. Don't, 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 Hey, man, when that, when that song came on, Mac, I always made a play for some odd reason. You always, you always made a play? Always made a play on that ESPN beat. My, my favorite ESPN beat that I scored off of was, I mean, a uh, play I scored off. It was a 2007 Soul Bowl. Oddly, against Dillard? Against Dillard? I got suspended the first half of the game. Let me tell you why I got suspended, Matt. You know the swag always got to be on point, right? <laughs> so we went out to get the name of the spat store we had to go to, but they closed at 2 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, Are you, you know, trying to go use some tape? You're oh, trying to get some tape. I had, yeah, I had to get that orange tape, man. I had to get that orange tape. And, and, and matter of fact, that's on YouTube, too. I got suspended for wearing the orange tape that I want. <laughs> That I wore in the Soul Bowl. I wasn't supposed to be uh, average, but I said my swag got to be right for the Soul Bowl. This is my first Soul Bowl on Planet. I got to be right. And you were late trying to get some orange tape. No, I wasn't late. Is I left school, so I kind of skipped school. Oh, to okay. Hey, to go get the tape before they close. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I, um, athletic director, Carlton Jackson, senior, uh, Carlton Jackson, uh, junior, his dad, he, he, he's, he's also was a, a great lefty quarterback. For uh for Blanchini back in his day, but yeah, his dad was our AD, and uh, he had no nine. He he did not play the radio, and Coach McGirt was like, "Come on, man!" You know, he fighting for me. He was like, "Man, he went to go get some tape. Ain't like he was out, you know, doing something that he wasn't supposed to be doing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Jackson was like, "He he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do. He left school." <laughs> <laughs> so I got uh. I got suspended the first half, and still end up scoring like three tubs in the second half. Did y'all win? Man, we. Man, we mopped the floor with we mopped the floor that night. I think it was like 34, 34-21, maybe. And okay. The game actually was really out of hand. We gave we gave up like some some cheap tubs at the end. But I ran, I ran back this uh this field uh this kickoff. Actually, I think we had got a safety and they had to kick the ball off to us. And I took that thing to the crib. It was like an eight-point swing in like two minutes, yo. So bold. That's a big so deal bold. down there in Broward back, County. Back out there in the lockout stadium. I don't know what they call it now, but the lockout stadium. Yeah, it's a it's a soccer field, field now. I think I think the yeah. soccer team plays there, if I'm not uh-huh. mistaken. Yeah, so yeah. remember the most by high school. I know it was a long time ago, but tell me what you remember my high school. Hey, I'm gonna tell you one of my one of my fondest memories of high school football was that Friday when you walk around with your jersey on. Oh, that was dope. Where you walk around with your jersey on, where you walk around, where you and especially the first week, the first week, either it's home or away, 
You walk around that jersey, yo, man, it, you feel a little different. Like, yeah. it didn't matter what you had to do academically. It was all about getting ready for Friday to get ready to eat that baked ziti, that pregame meal. You know, that baked ziti oh, yeah. was the ultimate pregame oh, meal. That's up. <laughs> With the garlic bread. Oh, man. If, to, and, when, go when ahead. Kids that, uh, that ironed his jeans and made sure he had that crease in it. Oh, no question. My crease is, oh, back then, my crease, that starch was heavy in my jeans. Oh, man. But but I, I would, hey that starch used to be so heavy. My I used to have such a such a tough crease in my jeans. Even after you wash and dry them, the crease there. was still there. <laughs> I used to get pissed off at myself because I would iron them. The next time I wear them, now I got two creases because if I can't line them up the right way, I got two creases in both pants legs. Hey, that was the worst in the Dickies though, man. The Dickies pants. Oh, oh man, man. you get about two wears out of the Dickie pants. You can't iron them no more, man. Just no that. sir. You have a permanent crease, wrinkle free. Nah, no question, no question. Hey, Pat P, what what kind of advice uh, would you give some of our young listeners, young athletes that are listening to us right now or watching us on YouTube as they get ready for their upcoming high school football season? Man, enjoy it, soak it up, man, because you know it's nothing like a Friday night playing a Friday night game under the lights. You know, you're not going to get that in college. You know, you play on Saturdays on college uh, unless you go to like a what you call it a what 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 conference boys are stayed in? Boys in uh Western Athletic. I think it's, I think I think they're still in the Western Athletic Conference. Yeah, that's the only way you're gonna get to play on the Friday night lights again. If you if you play in the night. Yeah. Big Ten sometimes <laughs> play Friday night also. Big Ten, <laughs> Big Ten play, Big Ten play sometimes Friday night. I don't understand that. But yeah, the, the Friday night hit different. Either yeah. Thursday too. Now no, some some yeah. big time high school games on Thursday night as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Just for the most part, just soak it up, embrace it, enjoy it. Because, you know, reality is, though, you know, for a lot of kids, this may be your last time playing playing a significant yeah. role, you know, for, for a football team. So soak it up, enjoy it, and, and just go all out, you know, and just, just don't think about tomorrow. Just, you know, think about the present and think about where you're at right now. Yep. Just enjoy as much as you can because, you know, that's all you can do right now. Just enjoy being in that moment and, 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 and just the Friday night lights, the – it's just something about that Friday night, man. Just something about that Friday. Is it a band and that people? Band, oh man, tailgate in the the concession stands rolling. I mean, it just it just something that it just hits different. So for the most part, just soak it up and enjoy it. No doubt, soak it up and enjoy it, and go hard, go hard or go home. <laughs> go hard or go home. We got a friendly wager. I'm gonna get a case of some Voss or Smart Water, and, and he want a cranberry sprite. Yeah, they gotta gotta get it off of Amazon, man. Amazon, Amazon Prime. I know you Amazon Prime. Okay, uh, that's our wager. We go, we gonna see who had to pay up next week. Y'all yes, gotta sir. stay tuned and make sure y'all come back and check us out. Who gonna have all the bragging rights, the Mustangs? Hey, now it's time for your favorite part of the show. One of our favorite parts of the show. It's time for the school check-in, preseason action, week two takeaways from this week two matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts beat the Vikings 12-10 to 10 on Saturday. This past Saturday, Kirk Cousins played. Uh, he played a little bit. Went 5-7 for seven with 23 yards. Pat P didn't play. He was on the sideline, definitely encouraging your teammates on for the second straight week. Troy died. Had a pick six. He's been playing some real good football for you guys. He's been really coming along, doing some pretty good things. Uh, Coach, Coach Zimmer said he was close to playing you, Pat P. What was the discussion and how did the preseason plan for you develop or change uh, leading up to the Colts matchup this past Saturday. You know, honestly, I was looking forward to playing. You know, I was, mm -hmm. you, know, the, you know, I was. Told, yeah, I mean, you told me that. You said you was ready to go. Yeah, I was I was told that I was going to play 
um, the upcoming game, you know, this, that, and the other. But, you know, Coach said he made a final decision, said uh, that uh, that I didn't need to go, didn't need to go out there and play um, Saturday. And with me being a vet, I said, no worries, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, so will you play in the final preseason game or you haven't heard anything yet? I haven't heard anything yet, but, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Coach Coach Zim and uh, Coach Carl has a, uh, have a plan for me. And, um, you know, I'm just sticking to the strip, baby, you know. You 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 need me most most well for the most part you need me during the regular season you know no question for the most part you need you all for the regular season starting no out, out straight out the gate who y'all open up week one against uh Cincinnati Cincinnati straight out the gate yeah LSU L- LSU on LSU crime Jamar Chase yep yep L- uh, and my yes, boy Joe. And yeah Joe. they got you got boy you got Higgins yep you know what I mean so yeah that's what that's that's what that's the goal week one. Yeah. Uh, you was definitely animated on the sideline, supporting the guys. Who stood out to you, uh, you know, individually speaking? Who had a pretty yeah. good game? I, I did mention Troy Dye, but, you know, anybody else stood out to you? Yeah, I thought Breland played a, a heck of a game, the couple snaps, but a quarter that he played. Um, yeah, he deflected the pass that became a pick six, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. Troy, he had a, a, a key third down breakup, too, in the red zone. I thought Troy played played great. Who else we had played nice? Uh, DJ. On the D line, he played. Uh, he's just extremely fast, you know. Just to be a guy of his stature, how he's able to, to bend the corner and, and chase down the quarterback. Uh, who else we had out there? Obviously, you know, Eric wasn't out there very long, but you can just tell that, you know, obviously he, he hasn't lost a step at all. Just excited to be back out there on the field, lining everybody up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Boyd, I thought he had a, a, a solid game this week, and a couple key tackles that he made. Throughout the game, I thought his coverage was tight. Um, I just thought he was really, really dialed in the whole game. I can definitely see him taking that next next step, you know, with him being a young guy, not really understanding how to uh, break down a game and, uh, you know, and, and let the game come slow to him versus him chasing the game. Because once you start chasing, you're just moving too fast. And next thing you, next thing you know, you're going to be chasing forever. Yeah. That's some of the nuggets that I gave him, and, and, and it definitely – Helped him a lot in this game. I can just tell the game slowed down tremendously for him. Um, but those are just a couple couple names that you know that that can come up come up off the top of my head. You know, um, you know, definitely got some. Still got a lot of growing to do. Got one more preseason to see. You know, just to to kind to, to, uh, to kind of solidify some things, solidify mm-hmm. some roster spots. And um, you know, we just want to continue having some good days of, of practice and. And look, look forward to going to Kansas City here Thursday evening uh, and trying to get a win Saturday, uh, Friday. Yeah, one player that I was high on defensively, second-year pro Cameron Dantzler, uh has really been a bit up and down, to say the least. No surprise because young players go through that, especially players that are play, playing the cornerback position. But what does he need to do to improve? Um, it's looking like, you know, Breland will start opposite of you. I don't know if it's too early to say that, but just based on when I was there watching practice and seeing – how things have worked out in the preseason game so far. It's looking like Wheeling will start, but, you know, what do you think Cameron needs to do uh, to improve? Just continue working. Just continue working at his craft. Um, you know, understand that, you know, all you have to do is do your part. You know, do cover what you're supposed to cover, be where you're supposed to be, and, you know, ultimately, you know, you know, uh, you know plan your responsibility to the best of your ability. And I think, you know, with the, with the, with the time that we had this year uh, together, he's I, I feel like he's getting better each and every day. You know, Cam is a is a guy that loves the game, that wants to get better, that 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 knows that he's a 
he can contribute to this team. Um, he just want to continue just studying up and continue just ma maintaining his focus to where that he can when he when he is out on the field that he can put his best foot forward at all times. Yeah, and and now knowing that there 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 are only three preseason games uh, during the preseason, when will you start studying Cincinnati? Um. Probably a little bit this week. And you know mm. we got the extra week this week. You got the extra week, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So it'll probably either be like towards the end of this week, depending on how the how, how this game goes, because you know when we had that fourth preseason game, the starters don't play. Mm -hmm. so for nine times out of ten, when the young guys was downstairs or whatever watching, you know, whoever was playing for that fourth preseason game, yep. the guys who you knew that was going to be on the roster was upstairs, you know, watching tape on the uh on week one uh on the week one opponent so um this week is going to be kind of different you know not really sure how i'm going to go about you know uh getting ready for cincinnati and uh in that week one matchup yeah well listeners and viewers there you have it school check in final preseason game is coming up in a few days kansas city minnesota the, the, the last dress rehearsal to say the least before uh things get real before the reality tv actually starts in the national football league so Hey, most importantly this week, everybody just get out and get better and stay healthy. That's it. Yes, sir. Now it's time to transition to Raising the Bar, sponsored by Sonos Art, where we want to talk about players who have the potential to raise their game to the next level. My choice this week is San Francisco's second-year wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. As a rookie in 2020, only played in 12 games, Pat P. Ayuk had 60 catches for 748 yards five touchdowns, and he also ran for two touchdowns, so a total of seven touchdowns in his rookie campaign. He played in one game against the Cardinals, didn't do a lot, one catch for 15 yards. But the reason why he is my player, when you're looking at raising the bar, the potential, only 12 games as a rookie, kind of learning on the fly, was able to give you over 700 yards. I also love the flexibility, the versatility that he has, not just catching the football, but as a rusher as well. And one thing I know about Kyle Shanahan as a head coach and, and as a play caller, when he has unique, skillful players on the offensive end, he will put them in positions to be successful. That's why I believe he's going to have a huge year. We see what Debo Samuel has been able to do in that offense. Uh, Brandon is a, is a similar player, might be a bit smaller. I think overall he's faster, but he still provides the shiftiness and the quickness to be able to be a big-time playmaker for their offense. And because of that, he is my raising-the-bar player. Pat P., you only saw a, a, a small glimpse of Brandon IU because he only played against uh, you guys one time. But just knowing and seeing what he could do for San Francisco, what are your expectations for him this season? Nah, you hit it right on the head. You know, when Kyle is a very, very unique play caller and he 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 understands how to get the ball in his playmaker's hands in creative ways. Um, and I think that's the that's the beauty of, you know, the way he's able to call games and he's the the the, the talent he's able to get in there, get in uh, get in his system each and every year. Uh Brandon is extremely talented, extremely fast. And the sky's going to be the limit for him because he has the perfect setup, you know. A lot <laughs> perfect setup, perfect yeah, a setup. Mixed, a lot of mixed directions um, that can steal defensive eyes. And next thing you know, he's getting right behind the defense. You got, obviously, Kittle there that can, you know, make their life a lot a lot easier. I don't know who they backs are, but it don't even matter. They find they're going to run the football, you know, mm -hmm. whoever the running back, you know. So Kyle does a great job of um, – Make uh, understanding his 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 personnel and also putting his players in the in the best position 
possible to be successful. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and he just has to be healthy because one would say if he played in a full season a year ago, he clearly would have been close to getting 8,000 yards receiving and mm -hmm. adding to that touchdown total as well. But because of the expectations, the potential, and the offense that he's a part of, he is my raising the bar player for this week. Yo, Pat, I promised earlier I'll tell the listeners and viewers more about Sonos Arc, and that time is now. Last week we had an awesome guest on the show. Ice Cube was here, live in the flesh, all things covered, Pat P, Brian McFadden, and gave us some quality content. But the thing about Sonos Arc, you don't necessarily just get a chance to utilize it for music, movies as well. So getting ready for that episode, guess what I did? I piped the Sonos Arc in the basement, had it piping from wall to wall as I watched Friday. And the, it was so clear. I mean, the, I, I, I heard everything so clear and precisely. It was unbelievable. And then after I watched Friday, Pat P, I went on and put it on The Predator and was listening to Ice Cube album, The Predator, and it was bumping. Yeah. Then I went to the NWA days as well, straight out of Compton. I mean, listen, Sonos Art, they've done a phenomenal job in being able to give you a precise sound. It's so clear and it just touches you from top to bottom. But then when you look at the versatility, like I said, it's not just about music. It's about movies. It's about audiobooks. It's about watching Mickey Mouse Playhouse with your kids. You can literally watch anything and listen to anything via Sonos, and you will be so pleased with the outcome. So I definitely recommend you give it a shot. If you have a movie theater in your basement, in your living room, in your bedroom, if you put that Sonos arc to play, you will not be disappointed. I definitely recommend everyone to go to Sonos.com to learn more. It's almost halftime for us, but remember, on the opposite side of the half, one of the best NFL pass rushers, a guy who should be in, getting into the Hall of Fame sooner than later, will be joining us. Former Kansas City Chief, former Minnesota Vikings, defensive end, Jared Allen, will be joining us on the opposite side of the half, so please stay tuned. But before we get to halftime, it's time for seven questions. Why seven questions? You see the jersey. That number seven with Peterson on the back. That's why it's seven questions. Seven questions is where we get a chance to interact with you, the listeners and the viewers. If you want your question to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get to it on the show. This week's question is coming from Derby Caddy. Derby Cat at Derby Caddy on Twitter. Outside of football, what other sporting events would you like to attend? Pat P, outside of football, what other sporting events would you like to attend? Man, you already know what I want to attend. Man. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> well, 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 let Derby Caddy know what you want to attend. Well, your name pretty much self-explanatory, Derby Caddy. I want, mm. I want to be a, a golfer. I'm, I, I belong out there in Augusta. <laughs> That's where you belong. <laughs> That's where you belong. You, you belong. You belong out there in Augusta, huh? Yeah, man. I, I belong out there. You know, St. Andrews somewhere. Mm. I belong out there somewhere. I want to. I want to play in the Masters tournament. That's if I wasn't playing ball, I don't know if I would have took up the golf because I didn't know nothing about golf until I was about 21, 22. Mm -hmm. But if I had a choice and I had to go back, it would definitely be golf for sure, 100%. Mm, that's a good question. I mean, that's a good answer. <laughs> but I, I, I knew you were going, I knew you were, I knew where you were going with it. I knew you were going golf. What sporting event would I love to attend? <sighs> Boy. You ain't got no basketball hoops, so don't say b-ball. No, no, don't, don't do that now. I, I played basketball as a freshman in, in, in high school, and I was playing above the rim. Now, I just I just <laughs> left it alone. 
You only played one year? No, I played, I played, uh, I played freshman, sophomore, and junior, senior year. Oh, you know, I was getting ready to get, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they used to call me Lil Kobe. Because I was, Kobe. you know, I was, yeah, I jumped, I, I jumped straight from JV, past JV to varsity. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a whole nother story. You know what? Oh, SummerSlam. Hey. I think it's, I think SummerSlam was, Slam was this, 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 this past Sunday. SummerSlam. I love to attend SummerSlam. I was a big time wrestling fan growing up. Not as much as I used to be because I don't pay too much attention to it. But SummerSlam would be dope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would that, that would be fine. I guess I could that, that got you all over it, man. Oh, no question, man. No question. That's why I used to lube my arms up when I was playing football and when it got a little nippy outside, because I used to see the wrestlers go into the ring with all that lube on their arms, glossy and shiny. Yeah. So before I used to, hey, before I used to get out of the locker room, I do some curls. I used to have a little uh little elbow wristband that, 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 that squeeze my veins, so my veins pop out and put that Vaseline all on my arm and be ready to rock and roll. Hey man, you know you can't do that in the league no more. Huh? Yeah. You can't put no Vaseline on your arm? Man, I kid you not, man. I remember when it's we, cold? Yeah, I remember we playing, we played uh Seattle, right? Uh 2015, actually. We went up there, it was a Sunday night game. Never forget. It was uh it could have been in November, maybe October. Can't remember the exact time it was. But anyway, you know, nighttime in Seattle, they get a little nippy. With me being from Florida, whew, anything under six, that's that's nippy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they already got that turf. Yeah. You yeah. need to get them little, them little cherries on your arm. So I went on and got nice and lube. What they call it? I think it's called uh skin something. I can't remember the name. Is it tough? No, not tough skin. That's the spray. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but man, went to that Mac, put my whole hand in there. You know, all right. Only the only part I left open because at the time I still was catching punch. So I just left my yeah. whole arm open because I ain't wanted to be too slick. Yeah. Went out there catching punch, running around, went, went to go say what's up to Coach Pete Carroll because, you know, me and Pete got, had a, a, a relationship. At SC? Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. he recruited me, came to my high school. Man, Pete Carroll even came to my. Um, to the day that the city of Pompano gave me my own day of uh, in uh, October, not October, April 29th, when I received my own day, Pete Carroll, Ken Norton, and I can't re- remember the running backs coach, they all came to the ceremony. Why? They were trying to recruit you? Because yeah, they, they was there on my recruiting, like their recruiting trip to come see me or whatever, like the holiday oh. or whatever, and that day happened to be the day I was getting receiving my day. Oh, okay. Day of Pompano. And they came, they actually surprised me. My um, my my high school teacher, uh, uh novice Johnson Johnson hooked it up. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool for them. And you still didn't go to SC. Nope. And the only reason I didn't go to SC is because they was getting in all that trouble, man. I'm trying to be on TV and playing oh, bowling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. They was they was destined for probation. Yeah, man. The next year, Pete Carroll left. That's when he mm-hmm. went. Um, he went to um no, actually, it wasn't it wasn't the next year. It was oh yeah, matter of fact, it was the next year because he got he went to uh to Seattle in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he you made a great year. decision. Yeah, the next year he ended up going to um ended up going into the league. And obviously SC's SC haven't been the same since. But yeah, I remember that, man. Shout out to Coach Pete Carroll, man. Okay. Still, still the most high energy. Coach. Coach I've ever met, bro. I can agree with besides, that. Besides him, him and uh, Coach Ed. Yeah. Coach Ed, uh, Ed Edgeron. And, and what people don't yeah. realize is Pete Carroll's old. I mean, he's got to be in his, in his high like 70s, that, right? Bro, and it looked like he got energy of a 21-year-old, dog. Uh, and, and, like, and, 
every single day. And, and <laughs> every time you see him, boy, he got like three packs of bubble gum in his mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah. He <laughs> is 69. Pete Carroll, 69. Uh, he get, uh, Pete be chewing on that bubblelicious, man. No question. He had about four or five sticks in his, <laughs> oh, that bubblelicious in his mouth. <laughs> hey, no question. But hey, Derby Caddy, thank you for your question. Pat P, sporting event. The Masters, for me, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. It's time for shout out. We want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at All Things Government Pod. Each week we give clues for our next guest. And the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. Shout out to Tom underscore Kilroy for correctly guessing Chris Johnson. Again, follow us at All Things Government Pod for the very best content from the show. It's halftime for us, but on the other side of the break, we'll be joined by Jared Allen. Stay tuned. Ladies and gents, you guys know how we rock and roll. We back from halftime. We gave you guys an intro on who we will have joining us on the opposite side of the half. And that guy is now with us right now. All things covered, Brian McFadden, Patrick Peterson. Uh, we got a treat for the Kansas City Chiefs fan base and the Minnesota Vikings fan base as well. Fourth round draft pick out of Idaho State in 2004, 13-year NFL Pro 14, first, four-time, first-team All-Pro. Make sure I say it the right way. Four-time, first-team All-Pro. Name one of the 50 greatest Vikings ever. That's big time. His foundation, Jared Allen Holmes for Wounded Warriors, is a big-time deal as well. We will tap into that. Jared Allen joining me here, all things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing well yourselves. Man, it's a great day to be alive, man. You got a nice background behind you. I see you got something in your cup, man. You're living the life right now. Just tea. Yeah, I wish it. You know, it's a little early for anything but tea, but, you know, and I, I can't really get down to the sweet tea like they do in the South, you know, yeah. it's a little too much, so I just go regular sun tea. Yeah, that's the thing. In the South, it's mandatory. You got to have some nice sweet tea. You don't really get that when you go up North, but Southern no, sweet tea I, is definitely I, the best. I, and I appreciate the sweet tea, but it just, you know, maybe like one cup, other than that, it's just too too much sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question. It's a sugar rush, but that's the that's the kick yeah. of having a nice pitcher of sweet tea. You got to get that sugar rush going. <laughs> you yeah. got to get that sugar for, rush. For teeth rotted out, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely. Uh, and I know why they drink so much of it because it's so hot and humid down here. That no uh, you got you got to have something cold in your cold in your glass. If you were drinking beer or whiskey all day, you'd just be bombed. So. Oh, you're going to pass out. You're drinking too much alcohol in that heat. You're going to pass out quick. <laughs> Yo, so, hey, Jerry, let's start. You know, of course, there's so much we can talk about regarding football, but let's start away from the football field with this first question. Uh, we know you're a big-time fisherman, love fishing. What advice would you give Pat P. about fishing in Minnesota? So I, I do more hunting than fishing. So fishing, that, you know, Brian, Brian uh, Robeson was more of the fisherman, but um, so and I have the worst luck fishing period. Now, you know how to fish. Fishing's fun. Worst like everybody catches but me. But I would tell them in Minnesota, ice fishing is key. Everybody catches stuff ice fishing. And, you, and I mean, be honest, you sit, you sit in a warm, toasty house, drink beers with your bud, and it doesn't really matter if you catch fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the biggest fish you ever you ever uh caught in Minnesota? Uh you know what? Just cry to we used with ice fish, so crappies and stuff like that. So nothing, uh -huh. nothing crazy. Like I said, I was more I was more out hunting with my buddies up north and uh, and that kind of stuff. I left I left the because uh, I'm not like a catch and release guy. So like bass fishing is kind of like not that that cool. I don't think because you're just like you know what's the point if you can't keep it? That's that you know. I'd rather That's get skunked. Thing. I'd rather get skunked or maxed out. Like no in between. 
<laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, born in Texas, raised in California. How did you seize the opportunity at Idaho State and parlay that into becoming oh. a fourth round draft pick? I think I was just pissed off that I was at Idaho State. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, I bet you guys didn't have any sweet tea up there, huh? No, gosh, no. They didn't even have this is this is how old I am, right? This is how uh, you know, kind of Idaho was back about 10 years behind. So I, you know, I had a digital Nextel in high school, you know, you chirp everybody back when that was cool. When I got to Idaho Pocatello, they still only had analog phones. So wow. my digital my digital phone wouldn't even work back in 2000 when I first got there. So uh but yeah, it was it was great. Ended up at Idaho State, and um, you know, I I, I told my uh, you know obviously everybody's heard the story. Got in a little bit of trouble, lost some scholarships. Ended up at Idaho State, but uh, mm-hmm. it all worked out the way it's supposed to, man. It was it was it was a fun journey, and uh, just had fun. Like I said, I you know I told my dad when I was eight I was going to play pro ball. So I, t- I put all my eggs in that basket when I was you know my entire life. So I didn't really I didn't really have a choice but to make it. Like I said, yeah. then I got a bigger chip on my shoulder because I was you know I didn't get I wasn't playing in the Pac-10 like I had planned on. And uh, so, yeah, I just, you know, just that's, that's kind of the, kind of the, the road it took and the mentality I had. And so we had a lot of fun up there and, um, you know, ended up, you know, with the Chiefs. And a fun fact for our listeners and our viewers, 28 players ever drafted from Ohio, uh, Idaho State. 28 players drafted. You were one yeah. of them. Yeah, mostly Alabama's got that in one year. <laughs> no question. They do that one year. Yeah, one year. 28. <laughs> and, and, and half of them probably go in the first round. <laughs> yeah, right. They even take the backup. So yeah, we'll just take them. He'll probably be good next year. We'll get him at a we'll get him at a discount this year. Yeah, yeah. And you get drafted in the fourth round to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you tallied 27 and a half sacks in your first three years. Uh, but the Chiefs didn't award you with a massive deal and a deal that clearly you were deserving of receiving. Uh, rather, you got that one year tender. The franchise, if I'm not mistaken, or was it the tender? So they tendered me, and then I got franchised. And then you and, got the uh, franchise. And that's yeah. what I was. <laughs> and how, how did I was going to ask, you know what I mean? Because I was I was in the league at that time and you was terrorizing every tackle you were going against. Clearly, you had the numbers to back it. But how did you interpret uh, that tender from the from the organization? Uh, well, at that time, I, I, the tender, the tender at first, I was like, all right, listen, you know, because I, I got in a little trouble my third year. Um, and I was like, I told him, I said, you know, what? I'll sign the tender. Uh, I'll prove to you guys that, you know, I was just immature, screwing around, trying to have too much fun and, and take care of business. But I told him, I said. But if you franchise tag me, like I'm out, right? Like, mm-hmm. so they still they knew going in. So I signed a tender. I didn't even didn't even think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Went out, you know, led the led the league in sacks, all that stuff. Uh, my fourth year, and then they tried to franchise me, and you know, we we had given them. And and to be honest, I mean, it all worked out. Thank God that did because you know the contract that we gave for them that they didn't they ended up obviously not signing um, was minuscule compared to what Dwight Freeney hit, you know. And then so mm-hmm. you know while I'm in the middle of negotiations. Dwight Rainey comes and, and breaks the bank. And, you know, at the time, you know, my four, my four years stacked up better than Dwight's four years. And they're trying to, um, you know, they were trying to, they were trying to franchise me. And I was like, nope. So ended up, you know, getting them to, you know, talking them into trading me up to Minnesota, a little sign and trade and was able to get, you know, the contract up there. But yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. Cause my, I never wanted to leave Kansas City. I, I mean, I love Kansas City and that was, that was, you know, I was, I was all in and, you know, you come out of college and you're still in that, that, you know, blind loyalty to your team that you drafted you. You don't yeah. really understand the business side of it. You know, at least the sports rounder doesn't because we're just, we signed what we're told to sign. And um, so, yeah, they had the opportunity to get up to Minnesota, obviously, you know, the rest spoke for itself, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was one of those deals where, you know, we were trying to, we were, we were, I, and thank God they didn't, they didn't sign it because, you know, I think it was at the time, 
you know, we were asking for like four years, 28, right? Something, mm-hmm. you know, like 7 million a year. Then the white printing comes out with 12 million a year. And <laughs> like, oh. You know, I mean, defense, defensive players weren't seeing that kind of money. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And, uh, and so Minnesota put their faith in me and, and, and the rest was history. And, and talking about Minnesota and joining their defense, uh, when you got traded to Minnesota, uh, that defensive line was already stacked. You just made it even, you know, better, you know, playing with Pat Williams and Kevin Williams. How did their presence uh, elevate your game even more? Man, you know what? Because it was constant competition in the in the D-line room, right? Who was going to mm-hmm. who was going to lead in sacks? Who was going to lead in tackles? Who was I mean, it was constant competition, you know, you know, you know, iron sharpens iron. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get in there with with guys like that. And to be honest, it, it was difficult at first. It took Kevin and I a little bit to learn how to play against each other. Cause I was so used to making plays up and down the D, the, the line where now it's like, man, I, I really got to rush to get there. Cause Kevin and Pat are there. And now I got guys that, uh, that are dominant in the middle. So it really took us, you know, a few weeks, Kevin and I to, to really learn how to play off each other. And to be honest, we, we played best when we were separated. When he was on one side, I was on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved rushing with Pat at the nose. Cause you know, I think you ask any defensive end when you know that your nose guard is going to get three years, three hours of push. Like it makes, it makes life easy. You can just shoot no a shot inside, outside. I told Pat, I was like, Pat, I'll get you four or five sacks a year. Just stand there. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, you just get two, three hours deep. It's over. So yeah, man, it was, it was crazy. But I think the biggest part was, was that, that competitive, you know, playing with guys that were great and, and me coming in, me being the new guy, obviously, uh, you know, coming with all the hype of, of leading the league in sacks, and, and then, you know, coming to a, a defense that was very run focused, you know, just really helped you sharpen all your tools, man. It really, it really helped me elevate and, and, and expect greatness for myself year in and year out as well. Yeah. What was your reaction when Brett Favre signed with the Vikings entering your second year with the team? Man, I was insane. Right. So like, I, I was laughing to tell people, I go, this is how I knew, like, like he was a head and shoulders above all of us. Cause when he came into the parking lot, I mean, the entire team, there's I, probably not that many, but there's probably 25, 30 of us, like faces pressed up against the glass. Watching <laughs> and I look down, it's me, Kevin, Pat, Antoine Winfield, Greenway. Like, you had all pros with your face pressed up against the glass just to catch a glimpse of this guy coming into your locker room, right? Yeah, and, he, was a living, he was a living legend at the time. Yeah, it's like, man, this is amazing. And so, um, but then, then he comes in and you see the work ethic. And I try and tell people about that when people ask about Brett, you know, because the, the legend that is. Mm-hmm. I said, the reason he is, I mean, that dude's work ethic was second and not. I'd call him sometime. Maybe it's just because he couldn't go anywhere without being bothered. But, you know, like, hey, it would be 1030 at night. He might text you a question. He'd still be at the facility or, you know, or like, hey, you want to go hunting? Oh, man, I'm going to be at the facility till you know, nine on a Friday, just breaking down film, watch it. So, like, the dude put it in. He worked his butt off in practice. Um, and, you know, so what you saw on the field is what he practiced. So, I, you know, I, I, had, I had a lot of respect for that, for his work ethic. And there's another guy that just – he brought out greatness in, in others, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then maybe because it's just Brett. And you get around that, you're like, oh, I don't want to be the guy to let this guy down. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, you just, you just, you just went out there and performed because you, with the confidence, because you knew you had a guy behind the helm that was going to, uh, that was capable of anything. Yeah, and because of that, you guys had a successful year uh, that season. And we have to talk about that 2009 conference championship game. You know what I mean? Uh, what sticks out over a decade? later about that overtime loss to the six i'll never forget the fourth and one i mean the guy fumbled plain and simple but you know i mean i was like you can't advance fumble on fourth down so i don't know how he fumbled it backwards and then did that but hey is what it is um no i mean i i always I, I constantly tell people i say had we gone on and win the super bowl that that might have been that that team right there could have arguably been you know 
top 10 teams in the NFL, you know, mm, yeah. uh, just, you look at that season, the way we started, some of the wins that we had just, I mean, it was spectacular. I mean, we were dominating people on both sides of the, of the ball, but I also tell people it's crazy because we were so dominant that year that we had some glaring holes that just got overlooked. Right. You know, you mm-hmm. got, you're scoring 40 points, you're holding people to 10, you know, you really kind of don't think, but we had some injuries. We were missing some depth in some, in some key areas and then 10, that 2010 comes and we got some injuries in those key areas, you know, from our starters and you know the wall crumbled but man 2009 was was insane i mean i think i think that taught me like really what it was to to be on that 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 upper echelon team right mm-hmm. you know right out of my career you could you could benchmark that so my last year with carolina when we got to go to the super bowl you could feel that you could feel it you're like yep this is this is very similar there's that match you know cam was i always likened cam with, with his energy he was playing like brett you know he was he was out of his mind we were, we were winning some games that you know that were close we were blowing people out defense was insane so yeah, it was cool, man. It was just it was cool to, to to really be able to benchmark yourself in that career of what the elite looks like, right? Yeah. We, were, we were constantly scrapping to be nine and seven, ten and six, you know, getting in. And, and like Brett was a real the, just Trent Green got hurt, so I never really had a true franchise quarterback, you know, in my career, at least not like Brett. And uh, you mm-hmm. get that, and you see that difference, and you see why you know why those teams that are constantly the New Englands were constantly, and you're like, okay, this is an expectation, and it raises everybody's play. It, it's it's a cool deal. Yeah. I mean, quarterbacks are super important. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like that, I don't think, I don't think they're 500 million a year important, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that's what, you know what, uh, Jerry, that's one thing people don't really talk about too much, how good that 2019 was. I mean, look at offensively, you got Brett Favre who was balling, Adrian Peterson still playing at a high level defensively. You guys were stacked. And like you said, man, just, get into that level of playing in a conference championship game, you got to play clean football. Yeah, it was, I mean, that, like that team was crazy. I, I, you know, people talk about, you know, our defense, right? I mean, you had myself, you know, Pat and Kevin, obviously you had Antoine, who is probably the most underrated cornerback that has played, but I mean, Chad Greenway, I mean, he, he, I think, you know, because he played, we played a true four, three, he never got the, the pro bowl nods. Mm-hmm. In, in, I think he ended up with like two or three, his career but i mean that dude constantly was like you know top 10 in tackles every single year in the league yeah um, you know we had ej I and mean, ej henderson was an insane downhill yep. mike linebacker that dude could dump any maryland anybody you know yeah you know uh you know he, he reminded me you know you know fletcher uh london fletcher right london fletcher, fletcher yeah fletcher, fletch wasn't going to cover people in the flat but that's where ej ej could actually run side to side better than fletch but yeah you know, those two would come downhill faster than anybody. So, I mean, you look at that, just our front set alone, Ben Lieber playing off the wheel. I mean, we were insanely stacked. You know, like you said, I mean, Percy Harvin, you yeah. got uh, Sidney Rice. You know, Sydney, well, look what Sidney Rice did that year. You know, mm-hmm. Brett brought the best out of everybody. I mean, with, with Big Mac had an all pro year that year. You know, Hutch speaks for himself, the dudes in the hall. The <laughs> hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, you look, you look down that line and you're like, Man, I, I, when I laugh and joke, I go, our weakest link on, on defense was still getting eight sacks and 50 tackles a year, right? Yeah. You know, our D line, like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, the three. I'm like, Ray Edwards was a legit player, like that dude. But because I was getting forward to you, Pat, Kevin, and I, you know, I'm like, when you're, when, when the least statistical guy on your field is, you know, 50 tackles and eight sacks in a year, it's mm-hmm. a pretty good defense to be on. Do you think you guys would have matched up well against the Colts if he got to the I Super Bowl? I, I think we would have smashed him because, you know, I mean, I know preseason, preseason, but, you know, we had a little one quarter in the game, but, you know, we had, I think we, you know, we came in the preseason that year, their starters were in, we were like, all right, we're playing, you know, one series, whether it's 15 plays or that. I think we came out, you know, it was like three plays, 
an incomplete two sacks and we were gone. Yeah. <laughs> we were gone. We were licking our chops. I think, you know, we just, we just knew obviously Peyton's a beast in his own right. Um, but you know, we just knew when we got to that level, it wasn't going to be, you know, I, I think our defense matched that offense. Well, the heat we mm-hmm. could put up front, we knew we could neutralize Peyton um, just by, by forcing him to get the ball where we wanted him to. And, you know, I mean, they obviously, they went on and, uh, you know, Saints went on and won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those deals. You just kind of, you're sitting there, you go from, you go from celebrating, thinking you're going, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, we lost? How did this happen? Oh, man, devastating, <laughs> devastating. And like I said, I, I know it's been over a decade, but clearly, man, that, that loss still has to hunt and feel some, you feel some type of way about it because you oh, guys yeah. are right there. Well, then I go to, then I, you know, my last year with Carolina, I'm playing with Roman Harper, who's my guy. And, uh, well, he was on that 2009 Saints team, right? Mm-hmm. And so he constantly wearing my, my Super Bowl ring and reminding me about it, too. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> uh, he, just, he just twisting the knife. He just twisting the knife. Thanks, bro. That was your boys. Thanks, bro. No question. No question. In 2011, uh, you got super, super close to the single sack, sack season record. Uh, season sack record, uh, finishing just a half sack behind Michael Strahan. Does it bother you uh, you didn't get a chance to get it? Yeah, you know, it was crazy. So, you know, I know everybody talks about, you know, you know, Brett sliding for Mike, whatever. But, you know, I, I say a sack is a sack is a sack. So that year was crazy. I actually had a couple opportunities. So in the Green Bay Monday night game up in Green Bay, um, I, had, I had two sacks in the game. Well, they took one from me on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Aaron caught the ball, stepped in the pocket, ran in the back of Marshall or pushed Marshall Newhouse in the back of him, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he dropped the ball, picked it up, rolled out. I, I sack him. Wednesday, they take the sack from me and they make it a team sack because they called it a muff. Wow. Right? But when Strahan played, and back when I first came in the league, if, a, if the ball went over a quarterback's head, you you went to whoever first touched him, that was a sack. That right? was a sack. Yes. That was a sack. Yes. So now with the, but then they changed the rule and it became a team sack not an individual sack. So they took me, that was my 23rd sack. They took it from me on the Wednesday. Oh, I fought it to the nail. I'm like, he regained possession. Like he could have thrown the ball. I tagged him. They said, they called it a muff. And then I had one where I hit Drew Brees right as he threw it. And the ball went forward instead of backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then in Chicago, the Chicago game, I was chasing, uh, oh, forget the quarterback's name. I was chasing him out of, out of bounds. And I'm like, all you got to do is run out of bounds. No one's, nobody's going to yeah, follow you for this. Easy set, easy set. And, and he just, right as he went out of bounds, he flipped the ball. I was like, ah, yeah. oh, I'm breaking my heart. But yeah. So you literally, you were closed three times, th- three different occasions, and it just yeah. didn't bounce your way. Wasn't meant to be. And then the last chance I had, I'll never forget it. I'm like, we ended up picking the ball off. I think score anyways. I'm like, they're going to run this ball out. I already know they are. But I, I, I knew it was going to be a pass. I saw the tight end. I jumped to a nine technique. I'm like, oh, I got one-on-one with the tight end. This is uh-huh. it. I'm smashing this guy. And I slipped coming off the line. And I was just like, yep, nope, wasn't meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you you still go down in NFL history as one of the best to do it at your position. Granted, you didn't get that, that, that single season record, yeah. sack record. Aaron, but- every time I see Roger, Aaron, he reminds me, he's like, Hey, remember when they took that sack away from him? Like, yep. Oh, oh, he, so, so Aaron is twisting a knife as well. <laughs> I mean, I, to, to his credit, I did, I did hit him a lot in, in my career, and I talked a lot of trash, so I yeah. probably have it coming. <laughs> no question, no question, no question. Hey, Jerry, when you look at the current group of Minnesota Vikings defenders, they got a pretty good pass rusher right now on the roster, Daniil Hunter. Uh, what makes him so special as a pass rusher? His, his body, man. Like he, I, I've liked that kid since he came in. Uh, you know, he knows how to use his body. He, I always say he, he, he reminds me of uh, Julius Peppers. You remember Julius came in? Mm-hmm. 
six eight two ninety yokes just I mean can do anything. And I think that's what Daniel Daniel obviously had good coaching because he knows how to use his body. He knows how to use his length. He knows how to use his strength. A lot of times you'll get like big, you know, guys that are fast. All they want to do is run around people, right? You get guys that are big. All they want to do is try to, you know, bull rush muscle, you know, try to, you know, hump some guy or whatever. And, you know, he, he knows how to set people up. He's got the, he's got the ability to get around the edge. He's got that long arm technique that he can just, you know, he can toss you by at the end and a hey, 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 coach. So I want you to put your coach hat on for me. What is the long arm technique for our listeners and viewers? Te- long arm technique is right. When you see a guy come, it's about capturing numbers. So like an offensive lineman is taught to capture our inside number. Mm-hmm. We're taught to kind of capture their inside when first contact. So if I'm coming up, let's say on the, if I'm on the right side, right? I'm going to come in one, two on my third step. I'm going to stab my inside arm with my left arm to their inside number, right? And mm-hmm. so now what I'm doing is my, my, my goal with that is to try to stop his feet, right? I want to try to stop the offensive line and his feet. So one, we have, it's called a long arm technique because one arm is longer than two, right? So I can turn my body and get one arm longer no versus, you know, an offensive lineman's got to you know, punch with two hands. So if I can capture that inside number, forcing him to stop his inside foot, well, now I got, now he's, now I'm forcing him to throw his outside hand. And now I can trap his arm. I can knock his arm down. I can come around. If he doesn't stop his inside foot and stays on skates and continues backwards, I can hump him by um, at the top of the rush, fall underneath with the quarterback. Um, it's just a great way to control. And now you're creating leverage right now. So I'm creating a, a, a natural lift, right? So people can't see. You always want your arm above your shoulders mm-hmm. versus you know, pushing flat in. Um, so, yeah, it's just about using speed and momentum, being able to, you know, catch a guy on his inside and get him off. And, and, and he does that phenomenally. Right, I mean, because then now you got a guy there. You can bull rush him from there. Uh, like I said, he can shoot his outside arm. You can flip the corner. You can flip the edge. You can toss him by and, and go inside. Um, and then you can I mean, now now if you got him a guy like that, a guy like Daniel, he can come in. He can just flash it, right? He can just touch him. The guy, you know, triangulate the front end, put his head down, swing around him. So yeah, I mean, he does he he does that really really well. And he doesn't have a lot of he doesn't have a lot of wasted. You know, I've watched a ton of film on him, but. He doesn't be, he has a lot of wasted movements. He's explosive. He's, he's strong. Like I said, he's just, and he appears to have this mentality that he wants to be great. And that's a mm-hmm. big thing. Like, be able to do it year in and year out, year in, year out. You have the consistency because eventually everybody knows where you're at and they're going to try to come at you. So the ability to, to continue to succeed, even when all the, when all the focus is on you is, is, is nice. So I'm excited to see how he does this year. I know coming off an injury, uh, but yeah, he's, he, He's special. He's he's one of those guys. Him him and Miles Garrett both are in that category to me that are special because of the see they 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 put in there. I like that. I like that. And I, and I love the technical breakdown because our listeners, our viewers, love the ability to learn. And when yeah. you talk about elite pass rushers, they all have that long arm technique down to some degree. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. You got you got to because I mean you can only run by people for so long. No question. Uh, you know, at, at some point, technique beats technique, right? I mean, as, as a corner, you know, I mean, mm. you, can, you can only be athletic for so long, and then you yes. get to league, and everybody's fast, everybody's sort So you got You got to have your brain. You got to have a game game plan for it. And to be honest, you got to be able to break people down. The biggest mm-hmm. problem I had with ball, like sometimes, the, like the tackle that was like just mediocre, who was just in your way. You're like, dude, this bum is just in my way. Like, get out of my way. Like, do something. So like, I always appreciated playing against technicians because. You know, at some point, whoever's tech, whoever's got better technique is going to win. It's it's more predictable, you know. So, uh, yeah, pass rushing is an art, man. And you'll see the great ones. Uh, you, you, they set people up and to break people down. You know, we used to have a philosophy. Uh, Bob Carmelo, my old coach from Kansas City, told me, you know, we had a stat. You know, if you won one out of every 17 pass rushes, you would have 16 and a half sacks for the year, right? Ooh. So what do you do with your 16 failures to set up your one victory? 
So mm. it's a constant chess game. It's a constant like picking up tails, picking up this, um, and getting a guy into a rhythm. We call it rhythm breaker. So that's what that long arm is great for. That long arm, you can present, you can present the same pitch, so to speak, right? And then break the rhythm off different techniques off of that. So it's a really cool technique. And, and to be honest, the, like you said, the best have it mastered and uh, it, it, it produces longevity in, in your career. What's the ceiling for Daniel Hunter sack Man, wise? What, what would you, this season right now, what, what would be the ceiling for Daniel Hunter based on a number of sacks you think he could get? You know, I, I mean, so the benchmark's 10, right? If you're worth, if you're worth your, you're worth your salt, you got to have at least 10. Yeah. Um, so then, then the rest comes into play. You know, you got, what does your offense look like? You know, cause if you're playing from behind the sticks, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get many opportunities. Uh, so, you know, Patrick Peterson being there just probably gave him an extra three sacks. Russian coverage is, that's I think another thing people don't realize, Russian coverage work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty Law taught me that. He would come up to me like, hey Jay, uh, how, how you doing? I'm like, man, I'm whooping this guy. All right, cool. So I went to game after, I was like, hey Ty, like, why do you keep asking me how I'm doing, right? He was like, because if you're whooping the guy, he ain't got time. I'm pick, I'm jumping every route. I'm jumping Whoa. every single route, right? Whoa. Can, can you break that down again, the conversation of in-game conversation between you and your secondary mates? Because a lot of people don't get a chance to hear these type of conversations. Yeah, so literally, he's, he's like, asking you how you're doing so he can understand what technique he should uh, he should display against the absolutely. wide receiver. Yeah, because Ty was basically telling me, it's like, if you're, if you're, if you're beating your guy, they got, he, ain't got, he ain't got time to sit back there and pump the ball. So a double, exactly. move, double move ain't going to work. Mm-mm. So... He would if, if we were whooping a guy up front, he would jump every route. <laughs> and so, and, and I, I carried that over Minnesota. That's why I, uh, I love Antoine so much. I would talk with Antoine, and, and I and I would say, and then it would relay back too. I'd be like, "Hey, man, you guys got to give me an extra. I need a half step, right? Yeah, like I'm getting yeah. chipped. I need I need a half step. Uh, you need to jam him at the line. So maybe he'd come up and press when we was, you know, we would, we could be playing you know regular cover two. It could be third and eight. Hey, just hey, do me a favor, press on this one, just just to give me a little extra, right? Get, make the guy uh. work on the line. So I think that's those are the cool nuances that that football's about, right? And, and those communication. I think some people think on defense it's very singular oriented. Nah. And and you know I, you learn that as you go. So I think having Patrick there and then having Daniel there, if those two can get on the same page and understand when Patrick's going to take his chances, uh, or when Daniel's whooping some dude, you know, and they get they get that communication, and I guess that that might be an extra four or five. Six. <laughs> So shoot, you ten. So so ten is the benchmark, right? You say with Pat P there, maybe another three, and then you throw in another two or three. So literally, at least sixteen, seventeen. I I mean, I think I think fifteen. And again, you know, know, your offense plays it plays a part in too, right? If you're if you guys Mm -hmm. if you're if you're like I said, if if the other team, what your run defense look like? So we used to always, you know, use that thing. You gotta you gotta earn the right to rush the passer. Um, Yeah. So you know, again. You know, you, you just understanding your, your game plan, but man, his ceiling is high. Uh, I, yes. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he's if he's another if he's a twenty sack guy. You know, Ooh. at some point, um, for sure. I think you know again, as long as he's staying healthy. Besides, and, and he hasn't had a lot of change up in that division. Yeah, right. So not. that division hasn't hasn't changed much. And now you and he's throwing a rookie quarterback in Chicago. I know the dude can run, but mm-hmm. if you, you we smash rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks. There's no, there's, they're not real people. No question. Uh, the standard is a standard. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I would say I'm probably if I'm, if I'm his coach, I'm expecting 15 from him. Yeah, I agree with you because he's that type of talent. Uh, yeah. One, one crazy stat I wasn't aware of with you and your career. You're tied for the most safeties ever in NFL history. But my question to you is, along with that stat, do you get technical credit as the one that chased Dan Orlovsky out of the back of the end zone? 
Yes. So that is a that is a that was a sack and a safety for me. That's yes. why I'm saying that's why I could never be mad at Strahan for getting uh for Brett, you know, sliding down like that. I was <laughs> laughing because uh I think I think the crazy part was we came around the edge on that one. He took off, you know, he was getting sacked. <laughs> if he if he, if he would have stayed in the pocket, he was getting sacked. He was done. And uh, but I think Kevin had like four sacks that game, so I was already mm-hmm. pissed trying to I was trying to catch Kevin. And he was so bad that that happened. I was laughing, and because I saw him run out the back of the end zone, so I'm pointing and laughing. I knew it was I knew it was my safety and my sack. And uh, but he kept going. <laughs> he just kept going. I he was he running for his life. Throw the ball down. It, <laughs> yeah. it, he it literally looked like he had the the the, the his face was filled with fear because he was trying to get up out of it. <laughs> yeah. It happened so quick. I mean, I barely turned the edge, and he was and he was he was back. He was gone. Uh, but you know, he's, he, I like Dan because he's, he laughs about it. And uh, I saw him, I, I saw him at a, I can't remember, I saw him summertime. He was like, Oh man, love your great player. This, that, and the other. We were laughing about it. And uh, usually on his ESPN thing, I always get a text message whenever he's at his house. He has like a picture of him running out the back of the end zone. Yeah. Uh, and so everybody, you know, texted me about it. But yeah, I was, hey, you got to take him where you can get him. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. I mean, everything you've been able to accomplish in your career has been top level. I mean, you know, Kansas City, consistently being in the backfield. Clearly, Minnesota, he was a beast. Uh, as a Hall of Fame finalist this year, do you think that knock from David Baker will officially come soon? I hope so. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's my thing. It's like, I, I always say, it's like, it's it's one of these weird feelings because it's out of my control, right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm now getting judged over something I did six years ago. Uh, so, you know, I, I, but it, it's such an honor to be my, my first year eligible to be put in to know the 12 years I spent in the league, um, you know, climbing that mountain, you know, that's kind of, you know, to be, to be mentioned, to be a finalist, especially with, with, you know, be a first time finalist in my first year of eligibility with three first ballot guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping it comes this year. If I can make it to the finals again and get in, uh, you know, I think it'd be cool. I don't, uh, I think where is eligible. If he becomes a finalist, you know, him, him and I, him, him and my career are pretty much identical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so to share that with him, that he was, it was, it was a guy I loved competing against as far as, you know, numbers and stats and, and, and pushing. Cause, cause he, he was, he was a phenomenal guy. You know, him guys like Julius Peppers, white for me, all those, you know, it, you, I always, I, I don't know if they did it, but I always had internal, you know, battles. I'd be watching those stat borders, you know, you know, sack leader, like, Oh, all right, where I got three this week. I got to go out and do something. So yeah. trying to keep pace with everybody. So yeah, man, I, I, again, I hope it comes when it, when, and if it comes, it'll be, uh, it'll be humbling. It'll be, pure relation it'll be it'll be a great day um so yeah it's just one of those things i i, I try not to think about it because i don't really have much control over it yeah uh, but, but when it happens it'll it'll be one of those uh phenomenal moments in my life and so, to prove uh you know to piggyback off of your statement along with some stats and some points when you look at the all-time nfl sack leaders i have the list right here in front of me bruce smith is number one with 200 reggie white is two uh, second with 198, Kevin Green, the late great Kevin Green, is third with 160. And as I look down the list, I see rank number 12, Jared Allen, with 136 sacks. So the individuals that are in front of you, John Randall, yep. Richard Dent, Demarcus Ware, Terrell Suggs, Jason Taylor, Strahan, Chris Dolman, Julius Peppers. It's a lot of Hall of Famers that are yeah, already so yeah, in the yeah. Hall. Yeah, I finished and, and the I guys finished that would eventually career. get in. I finished my career ninth, and then I guess I should have just kept playing because you know Pep played like eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But what the only thing I'm proud of uh, is I nobody had more sacks than me than when I played. And I and I and I, you know honestly I I look at my total. I was actually sad because Gunther Cunningham was my coach. You know in Kansas City, and mm-hmm. he told me to be worth like though Derek. Derek, uh, I always, I always based everything I did off of uh, Derek Thomas, and wow, trying to do what he did better and faster, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gunn told me he's like, DT averaged twelve sacks a year. Like, if you want to be him, you got to average twelve sacks a year. Mm-hmm. So that was always my goal. And then I blew my L five out my last two years, and so my sack numbers dipped. And I was like, I think I finished like eleven point eight average. I was like, ah, <laughs> you still there? If you want to round it off, if you want to round it up, you can round it up. My goal, my goal was to get to 150. Uh, I wanted to get to 150. Um, felt a little short, but I mean, again, look at the great company, right? I mean, oh, to, be great company. There, to be up there, to be up there. The crazy part, I think, there's like in the top, like for me to the top five. I think we're only separated by like five or six. You know, yeah, seven, man, it, it, it's some, it's some legends on this list, so, man. Yeah, so for I you, on, I hold on, I hold on, to, I hold on that I did it in 12 years, and some of those guys took 15. Yeah, and, and think, <laughs> and, and get this, Jared. The people who you're in front of, you're in front of John Abraham, Lawrence Taylor, Leslie yeah. O'Neill, Ricky Jackson, Derek Thomas, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, Simeon Rice. You're in front of some great players. It's insane, man. Just I remember when I first got my hundred sack, and to me, that was like it was it was just crazy. And uh, and then just I was and then just try to chip them off. I am not gonna lie. The day I passed Derek Thomas and Lawrence Taylor, you know, I didn't I didn't say anything, but to me personally, those were some big days, right? Um, you know, and obviously I know, you know, I think. They didn't start keeping all of Lawrence's sacks until you know a couple of years into his into his career, but um, those were those were some cool days. And, and Leslie O'Neill, because those were those were big influences on me, you know, in my young career. And watch, I used to watch film on Leslie O'Neill, Derek Thomas, mm-hmm. all, all these guys. Great day, ones. Day out, uh, Johnny Randall, obviously. What Bruce and uh, Reggie, Reggie White did are in, that's insane. Like yeah. to be at that that pace for that long <laughs> is is insane, but. Yeah, man, it's, it's a cool list to be on. It's a cool, when you look at it, you kind of like, yeah, not too bad. So I, uh, you know, I always just try to keep it in perspective. And like I said, that's why when it win or if the hall comes, um, it's great. You know, I know people get mad, like, oh, you didn't get in this year. I didn't get in that year. For me, I'm like, I mean, how do you, how do you argue? There, there's a whole bunch of people that are, that are deserving. It's not yeah. like, big, all right, we all got to kind of wait our turn, let the sport riders and voters do what they feel is best. But, you know, that's, that's for me, I, I, I I'm one of those, people i remember when i retired people were like you know how are you gonna deal with retirement i'm like fine i i have zero regrets i played at my way i was never cut every trade was based on me asking for it i got to go to the team that i wanted to go to um and i left it all on the field and i and i you know what i mean barry i wish i wouldn't have gotten hurt my last two years but it is what it is and the good lord had a better plan for me and 12 years of having fun and and, and being able to hear eighty thousand people scream for you when you smack a quarterback in the back of the head can't complain about it. So no I, I, you know, I really, I really, like I said, it's, it's a weird feeling when people ask you, you know, Oh, what do you think about the home? Like, obviously everybody wants to be in it. It's amazing. Yeah. But I'm one of the, I'm one of the lucky guys that got to play my career my way and, and really, you know, accomplished everything I wanted to. I mean, hall of fame committee, Mr. David Baker, come on. You know Jared Allen's waiting for I got, that knock. I will think I got to talk to David uh, last year when he got the, when, he, when we got called, I got called to inform me that, you know, I wasn't on it. And he told me, he goes, Jared, 
you're already Hall of Famer in my book. So I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> no question. You just want the jacket, though, just to solidify everything. That's yeah. it. You just want the jacket. I'll take the jacket. I'll, you know, you know I, won't, I won't be too picky. Can be too, you don't even have to fit it properly. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Jared, a talented guy, multi-talented guy. You're not only known for just laying big hits in the NFL on quarterbacks, uh, but you also appeared in Jackass 3D and leveled Johnny Knoxville a few times. Uh, how many how many takes did that take? And did you have any concern that you might permanently injure him? Yes. So the the sack was a one take. So we did the we did the when him him catching the ball over the middle. Mm-hmm. We did that a few times. And and honestly, it was probably my fault because they gave me this helmet from Big Five, and I literally could like flex it. And I was like, ooh, I might I might give myself a concussion if I you know, <laughs> go in and just smack this guy. So we did probably you think two two takes on that. And then on the third one, uh, my buddy was like, Jared, you, you got it. You got to just leave your feet here at some point. <laughs> so, no so the third take, I just was like, I, like, what I told him to, I was like, you can't, if you cringe up, it's not going to work. Like I'm going to run through you. You need to just kind of just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we did that. We thought we were done, but I told him, I was like, you know, I'm not a linebacker. So if you really want to know what I do, why don't you drop back and, you know, just let me sack you. And uh, he was like, cool. So that was impromptu. And it was super muddy. So I was a little, I was a little afraid of slipping and, and, you know, making myself, you know, look bad, but I hit him hard. And I, when he, when I drove him into the ground, I was like, oh, and he laid there for a while. And then <laughs> come to find out he separated his sternum. And I was like, oh, but yeah, medics rushed out. Like they kind of cut cause his head caught weird. I was like, oh, I, just, <laughs> I felt a little bad about that one. But we became good friends, and that dude—that is one of the toughest human beings I've ever met in my life. Those dudes are insane. Oh, no question, no question. For your listeners and viewers, don't exactly remember uh, what Jared is talking about. Go to YouTube, check it out on yeah. YouTube. You definitely it, see the hit. It was—I uh, I was, I was hoping it was going to be dry because I really—I wanted to, like bull rush right over Preston and uh-huh. then do that. But I was like, I better just concentrate on murdering this dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jared, you know you've been doing a lot off the football field. Tell us a little more about your foundation and how listeners and viewers may be able to make an impact. Yeah, so we build uh, we build handicap accessible homes for wounded vets all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing it since 2009. We give them, you know, the cool part about what we do is once we're done building, we have the keys over, it's mortgage free. So anybody can check out what we do at homesforwoundedwarriors.com. Uh, you can donate right there on the side if you want. You can see a list of all our recipients. We have so many great partners throughout the years. Um, that they really make it, they can make it easy for us. So uh, I think we're building, we got four homes right now under construction. Uh, we've given away 18, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just, it's been, it's been really cool. Uh, it's something, you know, you know, people didn't, you know, I didn't even realize at the time, but when our men and women come back uh, from overseas and they're, they're, they're you know, critically wounded, there's a gap in adaptive housing. And so, you know, we started Jared Allen's Home Wounded Warriors to basically close that gap. And, uh, you know, it's kind of my, my philosophy. I come from a military family. Uh, you know, too much, much, much is given, much is expected. And I felt there's no better way than to serve those, you know, that, you know, basically give us our, you know, fight for our daily freedoms, right? The reason we're free, the reason we get mm-hmm. to do, do is because men and women laid on the line, you know, overseas and, and some of them pay the ultimate, ultimate sacrifice. Some of them come back, um, you know, physically, uh, physically wounded, obviously mentally wounded as well. And, uh, you know, kind of felt it was my obligation. I get to live out my American dream, you know, play a, play a sport for a living that, you know, I've been doing it since I was eight and uh, no one deserves that American dream more than them. So that's kind of where we step in and um, and we fill that gap of, of, adapt, uh, of adaptive housing. And, and we make them specific. Our, our homes are built specifically to their needs, their specific mm. injuries. 
not cookie cut or anything like that. So it's been a cool deal. And, uh, and we just keep plugging along and uh, until the needs no more. Oh, that's a big deal. Jared Allen Holmes for, for Wounded Warriors. And we also will have the link in our episode description as well. So when listeners and viewers get a chance to click on this episode, the link for your foundation will be there. Uh, it will be visible for them to click on to get more information about it uh, and to also be able to donate and to continue to make a positive impact. So I applaud you for that, for that Jared, because that's a big time. Uh, big time blessing for a lot of wounded warriors that have done a lot in supporting us. So I applaud you for that big time. Deal. So before I let you go, I, I got to get you into our superlative part of the show where I hit you with rapid fire questions. Right. I want your honest, unbiased answer. Oh, got it, got it. First one coming at you. We're going, we're going, I got to send a chip at you. So I don't know if my left tackle can handle you. I got to send my back to kind of chip you a little bit. <laughs> Top five pass rushes in the league right now. Uh, Miles Garrett, Daniel yep. Hunter. Um, be honest, I don't watch that much football. So top five. Uh, I got to see. I think Bosa might be. I think he's probably fifth, though. Mm-hmm. Um, to do Watt, the younger yeah. brother. Yeah. And um, yeah, one more. The kid, the kid from, uh, what is it? Bart, the guy, there's a, uh, down in Tampa. What's his name? Uh, Shaquille. Shaquille Barrett. Barrett. Yeah. The last couple of years. Yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere. No question. Where he came from. But <laughs> last few years, he's been killing it, so I got to give it to him. Okay, that's a solid list, solid list. Favorite <laughs> part about playing for the Vikings? Oh, man, that the the energy in the Dome was insane, man. The uh, Just that, that whole team, the camaraderie, man, that city was amazing. Like, from the time of my life when I got there, it couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. And when you, that, that Dome was rocking. You could just feel the vibrations off the floor. Or, and it, was, it was insane. So, man, the, the atmosphere, honestly, the fans and the atmosphere. Okay. Will you check out a game this season in Minnesota? Mm, maybe. maybe. Kevin's in the ring of honor, so uh, I'll probably have to go back for that one, but I haven't watched too much football, so. Okay. Okay. Well, heck, that'd be a great opportunity to go back and support one of your fellow defenders when he goes into the ring of honor. Absolutely. Best pro coach you played for? Oh, gosh, that's so hard. Uh, man, I had so many, had so many different levels. Probably Herm Edwards. Okay. Now, who? this is a good one right here. Best player you ever played with? <laughs> uh, ooh, that's that's a long list, too. I'm going to have to say it's a tie with um, Tony Gonzalez. Mm. And obviously, Brett Favre is Brett Favre. So I'm, I'm going to take – I'm just going to eliminate him from the equation because it's Brett Favre. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to have to say Kevin Williams. Those oh. two, just because, you know, Tony – Tony taught me so much about work ethic and what it meant to be great as a young player. Yeah. Tony, I watched this guy in front. I mean, he was out 20 minutes early, 50 minutes early for every practice. He ran the top end of every route, caught every every ball you've seen Tony catch in person. He caught hands. And now, now I should say, but those are the best. And then Kevin Williams, I think he is one of the most underrated tackles to ever play the game because he is so powerful, so big. And I think just he's insane. Uh, but I mean, my list, I could. I got, I got, I can, you throw influential. It's a totally different answer. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's definitely fair, but great players. You, you've been uh, fortunate enough to play with some great ideal players in the national yes. football league. So it's a very, very tough, uh, tough answer. Greatest retirement announcement. You can include yourself as well. Cause you had a pretty nice retirement announcement. Honestly, I, I got, I haven't seen one better. And I, and yeah. I got I to, cause I got to get my wife. That was, that was my wife's so, idea. How and long did it take for that idea to come? to fruition 
so not long. We were, so I'm not, not my proudest moment in my life. We were moving back from Carolina to Chicago. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been packing trailers all day and my feet were killing me. My wife said, well, I need to go get a pedicure before we head on out. You should come and get your wife. I'm like, I don't do pedicures. I'm not a pedicure guy. So in a moment of weakness, I went and allowed, <laughs> allowed the lady to massage my feet because my dogs were barking. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why I say not my proudest moment. Got a pedicure. No, uh, no polish. Never had polish on my toes. Just let it, did, just did the massage thing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we're sitting there and my buddy's texting who we're going to go see. We're going to go see in Iowa. It was stormy in Chicago. He texted us this beautiful, like sunset. Um, and I was like, this is what you guys got waiting for you. It's beautiful here. So I was like, you know what we should do? Like, you should just do like a riding off into the sunset, maybe mm. like a Charlie Chaplin style film, no words, just riding off into the sunset. So I was filing my paperwork that day and mm. you know, my agent, my, my PR uh, lady was like, Hey, you need to put a statement out because otherwise someone from the press will pick up that you're filing your paperwork and it should come from you. So I was like, all right. So we get the eye with the storm follows the whole time there. We get out there. It's brutally cold. Wind just. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, looked, it looked like it was super yeah. cold out there. I was like, well, so much for the silent film. No one's going <laughs> to ever post me riding into a snowstorm. People are going to think I'm like, I don't know what they're going to think. So I took a couple takes because as I was riding away the first time, my uh, my daughter, my oldest at the time, yells out, Dad, don't fall off the horse. <laughs> <laughs> like, crap, we got to do it again. <laughs> Yo, yeah. so, that, so that was that was a, a great announcement retirement announcement i hope when we go ahead and really put this out for everybody to see we can hit, clip that video as well so people so can will, see exactly i will say the announcement. greatest announcement that nobody ever saw probably has to be twofold right well mm-hmm. it, it just one fold actually willie rofe and willie if you're listening <laughs> you should maybe have willie on to explain it better we were in OTAs. Uh-huh. Uh, Herm, Herm was our coach. Uh, you know, new coach. Everybody's getting after it in OTAs. Willie Rofe, my hands, arguably one of the, if not the best top two tackles to ever play the game. Yeah, beast. Gets, I don't know if someone hit him so hard, but he decided that, you know, he had had enough of OTAs. So after practice, he got into his car. And he just left? Left, right? I don't even know. He might have been during practice. He might have just walked out. I can't remember, but he was... OTAs, it was noticed, like, hey, Willie, where are you going? He's like, man, I'm done. I'm going back to North Carolina. Like, I'm done with OTAs. Like, this young, young cats. I didn't know that. And, and you know, Willie, you know how you talk. Hey, coach, you, you, you're just for the young cat. I ain't doing this no more, coach. You, you're just here for you. So, Yo. And uh, so we just we just thought he was just done with OTAs. No, he was camp, done forever. Training camp rolls around. No Willie Rove. Herma, uh, I remember one day at practice, Herma goes, hey, Shields, hey, Willie. You talk to Willie? <laughs> no, nah, man, talk to Willie. And we just never saw him again. Last wow. time I, I, I saw him at my retirement party. But last, before that, the last time I saw Willie Rofe, he got into his uh, Mercedes. They left. And, and <laughs> During OTAs, was like, I'm just good. But you thinking, <laughs> you guys think he's a vet. We really don't need OTAs. We'll see him training camp. Never came back. Yeah. That sounds like Devontae Davis story when he retired during an actual game for the Bills. On the sideline, he's just like, man, I'm done. And just yeah. never came back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then it wasn't, and then I think wasn't a beast mode left his cleats, just left his cleats in the locker after a game or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's been a few. There's been a few. Marcus, no question. Marcus David caught some heat for that though. So I don't know. Uh, 
I didn't know that Willie. I didn't never heard of Willie Rose story. That's that's hilarious. Last well, question for you, Jared. I know you're gonna enjoy this question. Best hairstyle in league history. Man, best hairstyle in league history. That's tough because you can in, you can include yourself because you know you, you had no, the mullet. Mine, mine wasn't original, so I think if you're gonna go best in history, you got to give it to the originals, right? Like I brought yeah. it back. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Bosworth obviously was crushing no question. The Boz. Boz was crushing it. Um, Troy Palomalu, Palomalu, right? Like that—that that was his own. He had that was very. I mean, you got to go back to Howie Long with the flat top. Yeah, the flat you know, top that was kind of like iconic, just flat top. Um, man, you could go. You got to go way back in the day. I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna. Uh, was it Andre? Didn't Andre Reed have like the high fade with the Bills? Yeah, he had the curly, the curly fade, the high no, fade. Yeah, Andre who, Reed. No, who was? Who was? Who had? Who had? Was James Lofton? I think it was Lofton. No, I, I don't know if Lofton had a high. I know Lofton had that Apollo Creed mustache, that real thick mustache, but I can't remember exactly what his what kind of someone hairstyle. The, I know Andre really had like a curly fade. You're right. He kind of had the curly fade. Um, gosh, who was I, Someone for the Bills. Well, it might have been Bruce Smith kind of had the high fade for a while. Yeah, yeah, Bruce not, had not, the high. Not overly high. Um, but no, I think, I can't, I mean, you go back to what in the 70s, you think, and even look at like old, um, Oh, uh, gosh, who was the receiver for um, for the Bills, him and Lenny, or not for the Chiefs, him and Lenny Dawson, when they were doing, drawing the play in the... For who? For what team? For the Chiefs. They were drawing the, they were drawing the um, Otis, Otis... For the Chiefs? Yeah, they were drawing, remember, remember the iconic picture where they're drawing the play in the dirt? Uh, oh. He got a big old throw. I mean, there were so many people with big old throws back in the day. Uh, like, you know, look to me, that to me, I can't, you know, when, you, when the guys are taking their helmet off, you got the boss just nastiness mm. coming out the back. What is Taylor? Or, are you talking about Otis, Otis Taylor? Taylor. Or the Otis Taylor, yeah. Those, like, those, I, just, those, I just think of iconic moments and iconic pictures yeah. where you're like, you got you to throw Jim McMahon in there. So now I got to pick mm. one. Uh, gosh, yeah. And remember Walter had the jerry curl with the headband. Yeah, dude, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. I'm saying, like, it's so, as a man who loves just awesome original hairstyles, I don't know that I could pick one. So yeah. greatest of all time, iconic. Oh man. You know what? Go. We gotta we gotta put this out and let's let's get the yeah, fans. I think mean, I need mean, like a Facebook post, but you know what? I'm gonna go yeah. I'm gonna go with uh because I, I am I'm a mullet guy. Although I, I don't even know if Boz was credited with the original mullet, so Boz, but I gotta give Palomalu credit mm-hmm. because I think Palomalu kind of tra- he was like that first bringing it back and transcended and and he had a he had a he had a freaking uh shampoo commercial yeah head and shoulders the guy had head and shoulders yeah i mean that's Um, ideal (laughs) yeah i might have have to tip the hat to him yeah man no doubt no doubt no doubt well hey jared that sums it up for us patrick peterson brian mcfadden all things covered man i know skull nation is gonna love this the chiefs i know they're gonna love this as well man thank you for giving me some time uh, as you sit there and just enjoy life and hopefully Uh, like i said mr baker come knock on that door and give you I that, you know give what? you that invite. I hope I don't have to go get all dressed up and you know be at the finals and get the phone call. Be all disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you you hey, might, you I, might, you might have to. I want to know what the I want to know what Pat's uh, fine is though for missing the missing this meeting. Yeah, yeah, we that's the thing. We and and what listeners and viewers don't know, you, we do have a fine. Every every seg had a fine room, a fine bucket where you late, you got to put it in there. That usually goes to the dinner. I know in yeah. Pittsburgh, we I always used to go to a dentist. If you miss a pick in practice, if you're late to a meeting, if you don't show up, you got to put something in that fine box. So we got to get that fine <laughs> together for Pat Pete. <laughs> I'll make sure I'm gonna I'm gonna call I'm gonna call the guys at the bike and make sure they get it out his check. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. That'd be that'd be super dope. That'd be super uh, dope. 
Hey, but hey, Jared, man, I appreciate you, man. Wish nothing but the best for you and your family, and hopefully you get that Hall of Fame call sooner I, than later. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, God bless you and your family as well. Take care. Yes, sir. Thank you.